Welcome to the Marysville TCU Church. And you might be wondering, why does it look so different? It's because we changed locations. And we are working through uh, the logistics of some of our new location. We're now in an auditorium. And uh, so we appreciate you joining us and appreciate your patience as we work through these things. The title of today's message is, We Worship With The Lights On. We worship with the lights on. You're like, what kind of message title is that? We worship with the lights on. Well, let's have a word of prayer. Father God, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear from your word today and that you might shed light upon us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So may the word of God shine light on you today. That, uh, then the question would be, as he shines lights on you, what does he see? And as he shines light, what do you see in your own heart? And what do others see? So I want you to turn your Bibles to a very familiar passage of Scripture in John chapter 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 21. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 21. We'll give you just a minute to turn there. You probably have heard of John 3.16. There was a time period, I haven't seen it so much anymore, but there was a time period when you watched sporting events, some guy would come on with a multicolored wig and hold up a sign that said John 3.16 um, in the stadium somewhere. But John 3.16, you might say, well, I've heard of John 3.16, but I may not actually know what it says. So let's read it. Verses 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe in him is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. May God add his blessing through the reading of his word. John 3, 16. God so loved that he gave. God so loved that he gave. Jesus was sent so that you should not perish. That you should not perish. But have everlasting life. We are, as we go to that second verse, we are and we were and are in need of a Savior, and Jesus is that Savior. It says there he didn't come in to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. See, we're under condemnation because he wouldn't have had to come if we weren't under condemnation. So he came to save the world, but we need to, verse 18, believe in him. Not just that he is, but believe in him. 
You ever ask, ask someone or have someone ask you, well, do you believe in them? Do you believe in their message? Do you believe what's going on? You believe that they exist, but do you believe in them? And so we need to believe in Jesus. And we move to verse 19. It says, don't reject Jesus because you love the things that you shouldn't be doing more than him. You love the wrong things too much. Verse 19, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. They liked the darkness and maybe you don't want the light shining on you because you enjoy doing the bad too much. You enjoy doing the wrong too much. And verse 20 says, For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. So we're back to the sermon title, We Worship in the Light. We worship, actually the sermon title, We Worship with the Lights On. We worship in the light. I preach in the light. I desire to share the light of the gospel to you. Stop hiding in the darkness. You know, some people want to, to go to church, and they like to go to a large church, and they like to sit in the back. Somebody notices, they say they go to church, but they want to kind of sneak in, and they want to sneak out. They want to hide. They don't want to be overly affected by the gospel, maybe, or overly involved, and maybe there's reasons for that. They've been in a busy church, and they want a little bit of a respite, but Sometimes people want to come in, say they're in church, and they go. Some churches you go in, the lights are off, and so it's real easy to come in and hide. It's real easy for when you're squirming under the message that nobody will see you. It's real easy to pretend that you're bored and distracted, and so you've got to look on your phone. Not that you would be bored or distracted during my message, but you see where I'm going and shouldn't we be willing to worship God in the light and let other people see us worshiping God? Should, should the fact that the lights are on inhibit us from worshiping God? I've heard that some churches like to turn the lights off for the congregation so that their people are more comfortable. But I don't want to be ashamed of Christ in his own church that I don't feel comfortable worshiping in front of other people. We come together to worship together. If we don't want to worship God in front of other people, then why come together? No, you shouldn't be staying at home so that you're more comfortable. You should be together because when we're together and the gospel is shared and the light comes, you might feel a little uncomfortable. You also, when the lights are on, you're more likely to pay attention because you don't want everybody to look around trying to s noticing that you're not paying attention or that you're... Uh, falling asleep or that you're bugging your neighbor or you're talking to other people or whatever it might be or that this is getting to you. That the message is shining a light on you and it makes you uncomfortable. But as we come together, that's what we should be doing is coming together. We hold each one accountable to each other and the light holds us accountable to each other. I know children probably prefer that the lights are off because I remember as a child in church, 
or a teenager in church that I think if the lights were down, then my parents couldn't have seen that I was talking too much during church and I wouldn't have gotten so much trouble. But I needed to be paying attention. I needed to be doing the right things. I'm just saying that we want you to feel the light of God on your heart and if that makes you uncomfortable, that means that maybe that light is revealing something and you're worried that everybody else is seeing it, but it's really the light is revealing something that God wants you to change in your heart. Let's worship Jesus with the lights on. Let's worship Jesus not just with the physical lights on, but let's allow the light of the gospel come and minister to our hearts. I was talking to a young man recently, and he was in, in a location that's a ways from here. But he was looking for a church where the preaching convicted them about doing something, to doing, going deeper in their walk, or that the preaching was convicting. I welcome that kind of thing. We want the light of the gospel, the light of God's word, to enlighten where we need to improve and where we can change, so that we can be better Christians for God, better witnesses, but for others that they need to have Christ. If people come into our churches and they feel comfortable in their spirit, although they're out in sin, where's the conviction? We want people to be comfortable be, to be in the church and to be with us together as we are worshiping. But we want them to feel the light and the conviction of the Holy Spirit so that it might cause a change in their heart. And when one, young Christians are around and they come to a church and they see those that are more mature in Christ and they can look around because the lights are on in the church and they see how the, those that are more mature are worshiping the Lord, it is a training opportunity. I remember when I was growing up, I would go down and at that time we would have united prayer around the altar and I would learn to pray from some of the prayer warriors as I kneel, knelt beside them and could hear Let's worship God in the light. Now, if you have a cell phone or an inclined to do this, and for some of you have an ima imagination, but maybe you take your phone out, and I put my phone down. I probably should have brought it up as an illustration, but I turned the sound off, you know, and I set it aside, which maybe is not a bad thing for everyone. But if you take your phone out, I'm sure you sh you've taken a selfie. And if you turn that on as though you was taking a selfie and you push that little that little button on whatever you got on your phone and it flips around and you're looking at yourself in the phone and you look in there and you see your face and you're like, oh, my hair's out of place. Uh-oh, I've got to fix my... But well, I don't want you to worry about your hair and I don't want you to worry about all those kinds of things and making sure that you got the right filter on. I want you to look in there and I want, to kind of, I want you to kind of see your own eyes. Or maybe you've got a selfie, a profile picture on on whatever social media thing that you can actually see your own eyes. And when you look with your own eyes, without the filters on, without the filters on, and you look into your eyes, imagine that Christ is looking through your eyes into your heart, into your soul. What is he seeing? As you're looking through your eyes, think of God looking through your eyes. See, on the social media and the different apps that we have, we put the filters on. 
We put the filters on to say, hey, this makes me look better. This is how I want to present to other people. And people that don't know you say, oh, they look very nice, or they look this, or they look that. And we're concerned about what the outside looks on, looks at. But the question is, is what is the filter that you're putting on when you come in contact with people? What do they really see? And maybe you're very good at that. May, may I tell you that when God looks through your eyes, as it were, into your heart, what does God see? He sees someone that is in need of a Savior. He sees someone that is under condemnation. He sees someone when the light is shined on, it reveals a darkness that needs taken care of. It reveals something that needs to be Change. The question is, are you running towards the light or are you avoiding the light because you enjoy the darkness? Are you avoiding the light because you don't want what you know is wrong to be called out? Do you avoid going to the church where the gospel is preached that says this is right and this is wrong? That God wants a deeper walk. That God cares about all of your daily life. Are you trying to hide in the shadows and in the darkness? And so, as it were, maybe you go to a church that turns the lights off. Now maybe they don't turn their physical lights off. I know some of our churches, or some of the churches do turn their physical lights off. We're worshiping them with the lights on. I'm just telling you, that's what we're going to be doing. But with the Physical lights might be on or they might be off, but the light of the gospel has been turned off. They're pulling up social books that they read or the topic of the day or the philosophies of the day, but they're missing the gospel of Jesus Christ that shines the light. And so are you avoiding the church where the gospel is preached? Are you avoiding because you're afraid you know that what you're doing is wrong and the light might reveal it? And you might feel uncomfortable. Is that why you're avoiding some churches? Because you know they're preaching the truth. You know what you're doing is wrong. The other church says it's okay. So their lights might be on and their lights might be off, but they're closing the light off. They're a church worshiping in the dark without the gospel of Jesus Christ and what is expected and expecting you to repent and change you can't walk in the light of Jesus. We're told to walk as in the light as He is in the light, and we have fellowship. But if we're not walking with the light with Jesus, we don't have the fellowship, and we want the fellowship. We need to worship Jesus with the lights on. And allow Him to shine in our lights and tell us what we need to change, that the Holy Spirit would prick and to prod us. And have us go into the right direction. So maybe today the Holy Spirit has shined something on your heart. And you might have noticed I didn't list the sins that you shouldn't be doing. Except that you should be going to church. And let the light of the gospel, a place where the gospel is pre preached. And letting the light of the gospel come into your heart.
But maybe the Holy Spirit has pricked you and said, I've been putting the filters on. And I haven't been letting things to come in. And so I want to remind you of a passage of Scripture in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You might be going to a church and you might be saying, Lord, Lord. But when God looks into your heart, and when God looks into your heart on Judgment Day, what will we see? Will he say, well done, thy good and faithful servant? Or will he say, I never knew you because you've been walking in the darkness. Let's worship with the lights on. Let's worship with the lights on. We worship with the lights on. Won't you join us? Let's be standing together. If the Holy Spirit has pricked your heart of something that you need to change or something you need to do, you need to follow His leadership and follow His guidance as the light shines in the darkness. And be awakened to it lest you miss the opportunity. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next minute. You don't know when you're going to find yourself in eternity. And so we want to walk with the lights on and walk in all the light God has for us and be obedient to it. So with your hearts bowed and heads praying, and if you're listening to God wherever you may be, ask yourself, God, what do you want me to do? What is it you want me to stop? What is it that you want me to change? Lord, I want your light to shine on my heart and that you would open me to the guiding, directing of your will and help me to be obedient. I'm going to ask you to do that as I pray this prayer, that you would just be obedient. And if you need to reach out through uh, and talk to me, you're welcome to do that. Those that, uh, that are listening online, it's contact at marysville3cu.org. But for those in the congregation, if you need to get right with God, it's time to do it. If you need to come to the altar and kneel at the front, you can do that too. But let's be mindful in our prayer at this time. Father God, I pray the Lord that your Holy Spirit would work. Help us each one to be obedient to you. Allow us to be willing to let your light shine on our hearts and to reveal what it is that's in the wrong places, what it is, that's obstructing our walk with you, what it is, that keeps tripping us up. Help us to worship you with the lights on, allowing you to open things up. Help us not to be in a form or a fashion, in a religious action, that's nothing about you. You desire our heart. You desire our all. And may we give our all to you, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.